All religions, all this singing is one song. The sun's light looks a little different on that wall than it does on that wall, and a lot different on this other one, but it's still one light. We have borrowed these clothes, these time and place personalities from a light, and when we praise, we are pouring it back in. Our chalice lighters this morning are the middle school class, and they have illustrated a Buddhist prayer of loving kindness. Lord, let our hearts be filled up. Lord, let our hearts be filled with love. Lord, let our hearts be filled with boundless love for all creatures, great and small. At the recent World Religion Day celebration, I spoke on a panel dealing with the question, can we share and encourage our common spirituality and yet maintain our separate religious identities? I said that for Unitarian Universalists, the answer is a resounding yes, because within our own walls, we are already practicing this kind of respectful coexistence of multiple religious beliefs. And I say practice in every sense of that word because it is part of our faith tradition and because we want to get better at it, to move beyond our own blind spots and biases. People who know a little bit about our church have said to me, oh, that's the church where you have all the religions. Not quite. Ours is a religion unto itself, a rich tradition that has evolved out of two vibrant streams of liberal Christianity, and yet our interest in world religions, our willingness to invite the light of other traditions to illuminate our path, has grown directly and organically out of that history. On the universalist side, the idea that all were saved, that no loving God would ever condemn God's children to the flames, has led us to the realization that, in fact, we all hold a piece of the truth, and we need all the pieces to make the whole. From our Unitarian history, the Transcendentalists took the idea that God is one a step further in believing that we, too, could be one with the divine and sought the wisdom of Eastern religions as a way of developing that connection of which Jesus himself had spoken. Unitarians were among the chief organizers and participants of the first parliament of world religions in Chicago in 1893. People who know a little bit about our church have said to me, That's that church where you can believe anything you want. No, no, no. Our faith calls us out on a journey, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and that responsibility must be every bit as precious to us as the freedom. It is in the exercise of that responsibility and that freedom, walking the path of a Unitarian Universalist, that we explore the beliefs and teachings of faith traditions outside our own. We begin this morning with the middle school class and what they have learned from the teachings of Buddha and how they have applied that in their classroom. After deciding that he did not want the life into which he was born, that of a rich prince, but that he did not want the life of a desperately poor religious hermit either, the teacher we know of as Buddha sat in meditation looking for a better way, a middle way to live the best life possible. Finally, he reached enlightenment or a higher awareness of the meaning of life and his own purpose on the earth, the way he discovered could be found in the Four Noble Truths. One, to live is to suffer. All life is suffering. 
Two, the cause of suffering is attachment to things that are not forever and that will go away. Three, it is possible to end suffering by letting go of attachments. And four, the path to ending suffering is called the Eightfold Path. In learning about the Eightfold Path of Buddhism, their class has created its own Eightfold Path of Middle School, and they would like to share them both with you now. Um, Number one is Right Attitude, and we translated it into no gossiping or cursing people out, and no thinking it's all about you. Um, Number two is Right Values, treat people the way you want to be treated. Number three is Right Speech, no text words, no cursing. Number four is uh, right action and no starting cat fights. <laughs> um, number five is right work, no halfway doing chores. Number six is right effort, work hard. Number seven is right mindfulness, think about other people. And number eight is right meditation. No sleeping while you're meditating. No sleeping in class. (laughs) There is a responsive reading in your order of service. You'll read that with me now. What is your name? And every other possession is stripped away. What is your country of birth? The world is my country. What is your ethnic group? All ethnicities are mine, for I am human and humanity is one. What is your religion? I am Christian because I try to follow God's rule of love as Jesus did. I am Buddhist because I reverence the Buddha's way of compassion toward all human beings. I am Hindu because I see the divine unity in a myriad avatars. I am Jewish because the law still guides me and the prophets still challenge me. I am Muslim because I bow before the one God, the beneficent, the merciful. I am Sikh because I heed the Guru's witness to the worth and oneness of us all. I am Baha'i because I know that the truth is revealed again and again through countless generations. I am Wiccan because I believe in the feminine goddess and the masculine god of all that is. I am of other religions, too, for the truth has many channels, the divine so many messengers. I am Unitarian Universalist because that way I can embrace the unity I see in all. Count me as a child of your universe, O God. So be it. So very many different religions in the world. So very many different ways of thinking about the source of all, 
of all the wonder we see and experience in the world around us and throughout our lives. The maker of making. Does it matter if we believe any of these ideas or not? Does it matter which ones of these ideas we believe? Yes, it does matter. We learn all we can, and we listen to the people that we trust. And ultimately, as we mature, we begin to understand that we ourselves are who we have to listen to. In each of our lives, there's a true path for us to walk. It's a path that calls to us as long as we learn to listen for it. No matter what choices we make, as long as we remember to listen very hard to the still small voice inside us, we will know whether we are walking on our own true spiritual path or not. This is not the same thing as having a spiritual perspective or opinion. This is not the same thing as having an opinion about spiritual matters. It's only possible to be on a true path when purposefully we live what our hearts and spirits compel us to. My path may not be yours, and your path may not be mine. Sometimes along the way, our path may even change. But when we are true to our deepest selves, we continue to grow, and that's the way that we go to be at peace. Let's take just a moment to get still and quiet. Take two or three deep breaths and let them out. In and out. Let's sit relaxed with our eyes closed. And let's practice listening for the voice inside of us. May our prayer be to walk the way of our deepest truth, even as we acknowledge we cannot know it all. If you want to, you can think about a question. The second through fifth grade class will now present a story from the Shinto tradition of Japan, the story of Amaterasu, the goddess of the sun. And this time you get to be characters in the story too. On the small yellow sheet that you sang the lyrics off of a few minutes ago, on the other side is your part. And it's got your cue line. So as you're enjoying the story, listen carefully for your line and help us out when we need you. 
The most beautiful and most important of all the Shinto gods and goddesses was the goddess Amaterasu, whose beauty outshone even the sunlight itself. According to the ancient story, a long, long time ago, Amaterasu became very angry with her two younger brothers. They were rowdy, mischievous boys who were playing mean tricks and destroying her beautiful Japan, and this made her very angry and sad. And after trying all she knew to get them to stop, Amaterasu could stand it no more, and she retreated to a cave, planning never to come out again. Of course, when she did this, the sun went away, Crops and then animals began to die, and all the people were terribly sad and worried. They ran off the two unruly brothers, but still Amaterasu could not be consoled. People gathered outside the cave where Amaterasu stayed hidden. They called to her, begging to see her radiant beauty once again. They told her how beautiful she was and how much they loved and needed her. But still she remained, crying alone in her cave. And finally, when so much time had passed that the people were running out of food and growing weaker, they thought of one last thing to try. Slowly and carefully, they moved a mirror to the entrance of the cave. Then they called to Amaterasu, Oh, golden goddess! We know you will never come to us again, but please, if you would only look upon us from inside your hiding place, oh, please, we beg of you. The sad goddess heard their pleading and slowly turned her face toward the entrance of the cave. When she did so, she was amazed, for she had never before looked upon the unspeakable beauty of her own shining face. Slowly, she moved out of her cave toward the radiant light, and all the people gathered there rejoiced as sunlight shone once again on the land. The people who loved her had given her the gift of seeing herself through their loving eyes, and so she returned their love by shining upon them forevermore. And we appreciate the help from some of our middle schoolers there. Some of our second through fifth graders had family plans today that they had forgotten about. From time to time, though less frequently lately, I have heard Unitarian Universalist parents say, I am so glad to be a UU because I can raise my child to know something about all the religions so that when she is older, she can make a choice. Adults will, of course, make choices about their faith path. Many will choose a path diverging from that of their parents. I did. Most of you did. At the very first Unitarian Universalist conference I ever attended in Omaha, Nebraska, the lunchtime conversation turned to the question, are we raising our children to make a choice, or are we raising them to be Unitarian Universalists? As with most you use on any topic, opinions varied around the table. My own answer then, as now, was yes. I am raising my children to make a choice to be Unitarian Universalists. (laughs) 
I want all of our children to learn about the beliefs and practices of others, not as some smorgasbord from which they will then choose a spiritual path, but as a way of broadening their awareness of all kinds of people and all kinds of belief, and thus enhancing and deepening the path they are each crafting for themselves, the community in which they live, their group of friends, as Unitarian Universalists. This faith means something to me. And it is important to me that my children see the value of that and still want to be part of it in their adult lives. Will I still honor and affirm their choices if their own free and responsible search search should lead them in a different direction? Of course. Will I still honor and affirm families who bring children here from another faith tradition not intending to become Unitarian Universalists but wanting to share in what we teach our children? Of course. I want us to teach everything we teach, though, as a way of creating more Unitarian Universalists, not because I believe any other faith path is less valid or less important, but because I believe our voice is such an important part of the harmony that creates that one song of which the poet Rumi spoke, and it needs to be heard through the ages. As Unitarian Universalists, the wisdom of the world is available to us as our holy scripture. Or to quote the Unitarian Universalist minister, Reverend Daniel O'Connell, Unitarian Universalists share many scriptures, not just one, and a belief in the here and now, not just the hereafter. We value freedom, reason, tolerance, and love as overarching values. We honor deeds, not creeds, as we try to live by our faith. We believe everyone should be forthright about religious living by using that old ethic from high school math class, show your work. Ours is an evolutionary theology, understanding that language changes with time and growing awareness. In the final analysis, we believed we are saved by love and made holy by character. Thank you. Before we do the closing hymn, I wanted to um, acknowledge the teachers for this pillar who have all done an outstanding job. In our pre-K and K-1 class, Ashley Mills has been in there. She, this morning, is with a friend who just had a baby, and she was with her in the hospital through the whole time. But Amanda Lawrence, wherever Amanda is, was our, our um, backup this morning for that class and has done a lot of work with them. And Amanda's also been doing snack and sing in the morning with the kids, and we appreciate that. Um, In the second through fifth grade class, Daniel Mills is here, and he has been the teacher. And this was his first time to teach you guys, and he did an amazing job. Our middle school um, had Andrea Weinreber and Rovina Windsor, wherever Rovina is. So thank you both. And our high school teachers are Steve Caldwell and Boogie Windsor, and they did not have have something to share with us this time, but I'm sure they will next time. (laughs) As the children say each week in their classes, as we blow out our chalice, may we take its light within us until we return. In fact, it goes out. In the words of Frederick Gillis, May the love that overcomes all differences, that heals all wounds, that puts to flight all fears, that reconciles all who are separated, be in us and among us, now and always. Go in peace. Enjoy the parade this afternoon.